Greetings, amigops. This is Mike from Top 10 with Kyle and Mike. I'm joined, as every week, by my co-host and your dear, dear friend, Kyle. But this week, we're joined by an extra special guest, soon-to-be brother-in-law Ian. Ian, that's not my brother-in-law. That's going to be Kyle's brother-in-law. We'll be friends-in-law. He is going to be joining us to talk about a topic about which he is very passionate, but which I do not know. So... Good friends, what is this week's topic? All right, so uh, the topic I picked today was top t- 10 Dwight K. Schrute moments from The oh, Office. Yes. <laughs> I should note, I didn't mention this in the intro, uh, but we'll be doing a top 10 list this week. We're going to be talking about <laughs> a topic of Ian's choosing, debating it vigorously, and then going to a top 10 at the end, which is wonderful because we'll be doing the top 10 Dwight Kurt Schrute moments. Is K, is K Kurt? It is Kurt Yeah, Schrute. Kurt It is Schrute. Kurt. Okay, I'm already, I'm already showing my my naivety. I, I'm you have seen The Office in its entirety many times, right? I have watched the entire series maybe six times through. <laughs> oh and Mike, I explained to Kyle last night when I first got yeah. in because I took the train here from my humble boat in the Quad Cities. But I watched as many of them as I could before I came here. So I finished the finale for like the fifth time. Uh, back on like Monday and then so from Tuesday to Friday when my train left at 11 I had the goal to watch every single episode of The Office and I got to season 6 episode 4 oh my god (laughs) you monster by Thursday night around 1 o'clock I was like okay you know what I need to just go to sleep incredible (laughs) mischief managed (laughs) <laughs> mischief managed indeed that was quite the goal i set for myself i was only three seasons short too <laughs> by the way it's not like ian is just doing nothing on his summer vacation like you have a part-time job <laughs> yeah I, I have a part-time job scooping ice cream uh, he's not just place. some layabout no i'm a, I'm a working man he's <laughs> not a vagrant well he is a vagrant but <laughs> yeah he just hopped on the old hobo express to chicago <laughs> town <laughs> oh yeah, i didn't pay for a ticket i just wrote <laughs> He sat in back eating a can of cold beans. <laughs> they, they never checked if I had a ticket either. They were just like, hey, you can just get on. And I was like, what's... Oh, you That's the worst, because it sucks. You're like, why did I actually buy this? Yeah. Yeah, no, they didn't even check. Like, they, no, no, none of them came around and scanned the sheet. Yeah. All they did was just, like, give me a pass for a seat, and then didn't even check if I was in the right seat. So, like... It is nice that they are dressed like old-timey train conductors. I do enjoy that. That that was mm. quite a good time. Anyways, let's talk about Dwight. <laughs> so can, so I already forgot. We're doing like his top ten moments, or what are we doing? His top ten, I guess you could call them most memorable moments on the okay. office, or like after you get done with the finale, the okay. top ten moments that a, uh, a watcher might take away from the series as their favorite. This is like essence of Dwight. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the top ten Dwight moments that are the most Dwight moments. <laughs> This is great because we've we've obliquely talked about the office a number of times on this podcast, but it'll be fun to really devote some time to it and talk about some of the specifics. It also gives me a chance to quote as many as I want to, which is quite the goal of mine. <laughs> You're quite adept at quoting the office. Yeah, I mean, yeah, seeing about five times, I've memorized all most of them. The world is your oyster. Oh, let's do it. Well, let's roll into it, Ian. What is number ten? Uh, number ten. This comes from season nine, episode nine. Ooh. This is Dwight's Christmas. Oh, I forgot about With that. With Belschnickel. Belschnickel. With Belschnickel. <laughs> Belschnickel. 
Do you guys know that he's a real person? Yeah, he is. I, mean, I looked up on Wikipedia to do some research, and he's a real thing. The like, Christmas yeah. tradition across the world, there are many iterations of Del- Der Be- Belschnickel. I'm most familiar with the Dutch tradition, which is called, like, Krampus. I think most oh, people know that, that term. Is it like the goat one? Like, yeah, it's like a, yeah. it's like an evil version of Saint Nick with goat hooves and, like, takes kids away in bags. And I think Der Belschnickel kind of is in the same lineage of that. Okay. Probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please tell us, tell us you well, What about the scene you love so much? Ernest? I picked this one because I just think it's maybe when Dwight emerges into his full culture. It's like when Pokemon go into their final form. I feel like this might have been one of Dwight's <laughs> final evolutions here because when he was giving them the gifts, <laughs> Phyllis kept asking if she could have the bowl, like the set of the bowls. Cause he's like, he gave her rubber lid toppings for mason jars, and she's like, "Can I just have the bowl instead?" You can't have the bowl. But <laughs> <laughs> he he breaks character yeah, because he he's usually <laughs> and uh, he takes like I don't even know what he has like the switch. Yeah, but it's like a bunch of them. It's not even and they're oh, but I judge her yeah as impish and I whipped him like, fifteen times. I, I feel think... like that might be one of my favorite moments was when he maybe whipped him until he had to leave the party. Well, it's cool because they do this with Michael, too, in that show, where occasionally they give you a piece of that character that, like, really hits you in the heart. And yeah, with, that's one of those brief moments where you realize, like, okay, Dwight, like, really loves Jim, and he's actually upset that he's leaving the Christmas party. I feel like yeah. that was maybe one of the first times in the series that we saw Dwight's affection for Jim. It, it's It's definitely in, in preparation for, like, the end of the show. When he makes his arm... <laughs> Right. <laughs> when you ha- when you have to leave the show with the understanding that they they actually do love each other. This mm-hmm. is also interesting because it's late in the show when the writers decided to just crank everybody's attributes up to like 15. I, I was just mentioning that to my other sister that's not here this weekend. I was mentioning that to her. I said like, haven't you noticed that Dwight becomes way more Dwight later in the season? And she's like, yeah, yeah. they're all caricatures of themselves. That's exactly and, what happens, and in most cases, I'd say it's actually not a good thing. Like Oscar, Oscar becomes like way more gay, and like Andy becomes unbearable to watch. Oh yeah, and can, can I just say about Oscar? He also becomes a terrible person. Oh my he really goodness! Does. After I think after his <laughs> affair with the senator, I just I don't I didn't, I didn't like Oscar. Anymore. Terrible, and but, yeah, I was so, like, that's that's not forgivable. There's a child involved. <laughs> really awful and then but i I, said the the point i'm making is that turning dwight up to 11 and spending more time at the shroot farm getting more cousin moe's more of his backstory i think was actually a really really good choice and so you know why right it's because they were gonna do a dwight show oh yeah they're gonna do a spinoff and have it just be dwight only i guess the main that makes so much sense but really i feel like you could argue with the office that there's no main character yeah. But if there was close enough to one of them, it'd be Dwight. Because yeah. there's actually a statistic, and Dwight has every single episode, he has a line. At least one. Mm-hmm. And he's the only character that has at least one line in every single episode of The Office. Wow. Like, you can go through and watch. Like, people would think it's Michael, but then they forget that he leaves at the yeah. end of, like, season seven. That's so true. And yeah. Dwight's still there. Dwight is still there, kicking it in Scranton. Last rat standing. Yeah, that's awesome. I agree. I think that I think it's interesting to see the show shift from a Michael centric show to a Dwight centric show with all of the good and the bad that comes with that. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. I feel like we'll probably there will probably be some more moments that we could talk about that a little more. 
There yeah. are. There are indeed. <laughs> Did you want to move on? To yeah, what's number nine? nine? Said number nine is Dwight destroying Pam and Jim's house because of the mold. <laughs> there were termites, <laughs> weren't there? That comes from episode The Delivery Part mm-hmm. 1. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so... If I remember, she she's pregnant, and they go to the hospital, and she, they ask yes. Dwight to go like pick up her like headphones or her something. iPod because it has the birth song on it. That's right. Yeah, she, yeah, she's pregnant, and they're rushing to the hospital. She looks through her her go bag, which remember Michael's has nothing in it. But she looks through her <laughs> go bag, and she doesn't have her iPod. So then <laughs> Michael calls Dwight and goes. We need yesterday. He's like, why didn't you tell me yesterday? I told you I was bored. <laughs> and then he goes and he looks under the cabinet and sees all the mold. So he like gets a team together and yeah. they just start smashing shit with sledgehammers. Like that's just what they do the entire time. And can I just say, so I don't want to step on it in case this comes up later, but will we be discussing Pam's cousin at all? No, there is, there is no Pam's cousin. Okay. So this is going to be something I'm going to stump for later, but this also brings up one of my favorite Dwight storylines, which is that he sleeps with Pam's beautiful cousin. That's true. And then wants absolutely no part of her (laughs) because he's in the kitchen. Until Angela comes along. Yes, exactly. I have an image of him in his, in his undershirt swinging a sledgehammer at Jim and Pam's cabinets and the cousin walks in and she's like oh what are you doing here and he's like just doing my thing and like he wants no part of her it's great no and at the wedding even he came back and yep because she came from Pam's like bridal suite and she's like I'm gonna go talk to Dwight and she's like <laughs> yeah. okay and that's when she te- te- uh, tears her veil but then she goes over to Dwight like Isabel goes to Dwight to see what he's up to and he's talking to someone else, and then she's just like, hey. And he's like, hey, stranger, how you doing? <laughs> Great. All right. <laughs> he's like, did, funny. did you need anything? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just a very clever reversal of how that interaction tends yeah, to go. Like, like the bad decision that the next day, one party is regrets and the other doesn't. Yeah, Honestly, and it's great yeah. that Dwight regrets it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so much irony in that. I know, and I also... Yeah, I'm actually going to definitely stump for this moment, because we can get into it later, but him after, he's like, I'm ravenous after a night of lovemaking. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then Michael makes up the fake girlfriend that's, yeah. like, European that doesn't exist, but yeah. then actually turns out the next night to be Pam's mom. That, uh, that's always a great time. Incredible. I will say, with the, going back to the home renovation, I think my favorite part of that whole bit is when they return, and Jim walks into the kitchen and just sees it happening, and there were no words exchanged, and he just keeps going. I like, didn't find dry pot. <laughs> yeah. Wait, isn't there also a scene where Dwight is sleeping in their bed completely nude? <laughs> yes. Yes, that's when he's like, that, that was the day of. He goes, well, I found a lot of mold, so... I figured to take the night here, get a team together, do all the mold things tomorrow, and lastly, ask Pam and Jim where they got their great sheets. <laughs> then he, like, pulls up the picture frame of Pam and Jim and Cece, like, on the... Or it wouldn't be Cece at that time, but it was just Pam and Jim on the nightstand. He, like, flips it back over and just puts on pants and, like, walks out. And incredible. <laughs> That's a good one. What's number eight? Uh, number eight is... That comes from season eight, episode four. That is Dwight hosting a garden party. Mm. yes okay so i uh, you were talking about what you've seen i have watched seasons one to five or what i guess probably one to six like six times and have probably only watched after that like one and a half times and i just re-watched the garden party 
Oh, it's so funny. It was so good because it's one of our more extended periods that we actually spend at Shroot Farms, especially to that point in the series. And when Jim makes him keep announcing everybody as they come in. Master James Halpert! (laughs) He's like, who's the best salesman in the office? Master Master James James Halpert! Yeah. I think it's cool because it's also their character revealing episode because... Yeah, it shows that Dwight is just so invested in in throwing a good oh, garden party. He's so bent on <laughs> yeah. announcing everyone that he like just keeps doing it over and over. He doesn't see the prank until it's already. And hit that's him. that's one of Dwight's defining characteristics is just his head down, hard working, like dedicated to what he's doing. But this time, it just didn't help him at the garden party. <laughs> but I chose this one mainly because I was thinking of there are key moments in that episode, such as the Last Supper. When Dwight gets all the uh, workers from Shroot Farms to do the Last Supper pose, but yes. it looks really stupid. <laughs> uh, I think the closing ceremonies with the fire where he's just like <laughs> raising up up in the air and spinning around, that's always fun. But there's one that stands out to me, and it was when, it wasn't when he was announcing people, but it was when Robert California comes up to him and says like, I would spend a considerable amount of money having my birthday party here. And then Dwight goes... Do you want the goat package that has the most goats or like the pewter package? <laughs> it still has five to six goats, but it's the least goats. He's like, why would you think I want goat? And then Dwight, this is the funniest thing I think I've heard maybe this episode, was Dwight goes, I can get you exotic meats, hippo <laughs> burgers, giraffe steaks. And Robert goes, okay, we'll talk. And then Dwight looks at the camera like one-on-one and says, it's all going to be goat. <laughs> <laughs> I also do love Dwight's devotion to, to shady and cheap business practices. Yeah. Yes. Of which I'm sure we will discuss further on this list. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you might have to throw one of those in there, because I don't exactly know what you mean by that. I'm thinking very specifically of when he buys the building. Yes, yeah, so and, am I. <laughs> and instructs, what's his name? To Nate. Uh, Nate. To apply the toilet. Yeah, that, yep. that's the I have that on my list. That appears nowhere on here. <laughs> We're going to have to debate that rigorously, because that appears nowhere in my top ten. The half-ply toilet paper, and he's got that machine that's like... <laughs> <laughs> it's a wheel, and then it's just... A, you crank it. And <laughs> yeah, It's like a colonial woman <laughs> making a, then, a scarf. Yeah, reply it. it doesn't go that way. Yeah. <laughs> that and his attempt to make money by putting a gym in the office. <laughs> this Dwight's gym for muscles. This is not a gym. It's a of soft five. That's what that is. <laughs> I, I think it stems mostly from when he buys the the office building or Dwight's caffeine corner. Or yeah, when he definitely. puts the blocks over the. Um, the, <laughs> over the thermostat and all that. <laughs> I think yeah. you can stem most of that Dwight cranking up to 11 from when he buys the building. Yeah. I feel like after Joe Bennett was like, so you turn that money into more money? And he goes, are you referring to alchemy? And she goes, <laughs> no, I mean investing in property. <laughs> but he doesn't have any property except for a 60-acre beet farm. So that's when he cranks up to 11 and gets the building. And I feel like that's where he's That's the, the start of it. That's definitely the the uphill of when Dwight does that. Well, it's like they waited until halfway through the show to do, like, a market study, and then they just found out, like, oh my god, people like Dwight. It's yeah. Like, what? Really? And then they, yeah. like, it seemed like it took a while for them to kind of figure it out. Well, they needed it, too, because obviously Michael was gone, and that was when Jim and Pam went from 
the best part of the show to, in my opinion, unquestionably the worst part of the show. They became, I thought, really annoying around that time and then like continued to get more and more annoying in their interactions with each other. They still were able to have interactions with other people that were fine, but they just I just lost interest in them. And so I think they needed somebody else to be our way in because they just weren't it anymore. Definitely. I feel like there was a a weird tension for the viewer whenever yeah. they were in a room and they were like arguing, like when Jim invests the money to athlete. Yeah, and she like screams at him. That was just so dumb. I understand what they were trying to do though, because like up to that point, their relationship had been so fairy taley. And I think what's cool about this show is that they they do try to make it reflect what people's actual lives in an office are like, and yeah. nobody's relationships are perfect. They just picked a weird way to illustrate that point. But I think even before that, the latter half of the fairy tale just got boring. Like, the, the everything up until their wedding and then maybe, like, shortly thereafter was perfect. Like, just yeah. note perfect. And then it just was, it's like, all right, this just lost momentum. Well, because the fun of it was the will they, won't they of it, and then it yeah. once it was there, it was like, Mm. it's like now what yeah well all that stuff happens with jim and athlete in season one episode nine right at the end there <laughs> or season nine episode one excuse me listeners yeah <laughs> but it's uh it's called new guys and that's when dwight and uh that's when clark and pete come and then he <laughs> I do like pete that. about all the stuff he wants to do and he's like oh you know just travel the world be a millionaire all that stuff and that motivates jim to take these concrete steps and that's when i think jim becomes more of a guy who's trying to do it for his family, but in retrospect, he's really just kind of selling out. Sort of like uh, our good friend Heisenberg. Yeah, don't, Jim, don't tell me you did this for us one nah. more time, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's number seven there, Ian? Okay, I chose number seven because it creates a weird tension every single time that these two are ever together. And I said, <laughs> Dwight's continuous affair with Angela. And I didn't put any episode number down because it happens literally from the first to the last season, like the entire yeah. time. That's one of the best things about this this character arc is that that is always going on. Even when it's actually kind of cool, even when we as the audience don't act have any confirmation that it's going on, we kind of always suspect it is. Well, you can see stuff from like Jim's party where yeah, they, yep. I, I noticed this. They actually did something cool with the shoes. Because they mentioned both the characters' shoes. So, like, this was an email surveillance episode. <laughs> and they go, they pan down to Angela's shoes because she's like, I got soda on my shoes. And she they pan down to it with the camera to show what the shoes are. And then they mm. also, like, the roommate of Jim's doesn't think Dwight exists. So he goes, oh, I like your Birkenstocks. And he goes, yeah, I always keep a special pair in my car for special occasions. And it has just, like... The worst wool socks on underneath. But then later in the episode, they go like up to the porch and you can just see those two shoes mm -hmm. facing each other. And that's like, okay, so yeah, something is actually going on. That's a pretty yeah. clever bit of it bit is. Of I think, I think the camera there, like the camera work, I think that was pretty cool there with the cleverness of it. Yeah. This, this affair, like at time, you're right. Like it has its ups and downs because sometimes it's just really fun and other times it's a little weird. Yeah. And especially when it, Turns into the the contract. The contract, I think, is maybe one of the weirder parts. Oh, I disagree. I think the contract is probably the funniest part. I love oh. when they're going through the names and they're like Honus, Jebediah, <laughs> Jedediah. The child shall be male. <laughs> <laughs> you got 
can't control that. Oh, you false. Can. <laughs> false. You can just keep the room extremely cold for ten <laughs> minutes after sex, and then extremely hot for six months after sex. Yeah, I I, think, I wrote a couple highlights that relate to the Angela relationship. One is I love when he kills Sprinkles. Yes, and he's like, it was oh very respectful. I gave her antihistamines, and I put her in. And he like puts her. In I the sang freezer. her her favorite songs. Yes, they sang her favorite songs. I love that one. I also love when he is having Andy and Angela over to the farm because he's going to host her wedding, and he ends oh up marrying gosh. Angela. Oh, I just watched that episode a couple so days ago, and that's like, I think maybe one of the most trickery Dwight moments is when he's just like, he didn't know that I wasn't Andy, so yeah. you married me because Andy signed our marriage license. And then Very clever. Does, so does this include, like... Andy and Dwight's feud because when they're fighting for Angela's honor, oh. and Andy has him pinned on the hood of his car, and they realize that she's sleeping with both, with both of, them. of them, and they both just decide to call it quits. <laughs> I mean, we can include that. I would like that's a good idea. I, I was, think I was thinking more just Dwight and Angela, but I think Andy has to come into this at some point. It's, a, I mean, it's inclusive. I think with this whole Angela affair <laughs> <Yeah>. thing, but <laughs> I also love when those two become pals afterwards. Oh, like when he takes him hunting and stuff, and like yeah, like yeah, and then that eventually blossoms into like the assistant or the regional manager rivalry. Like it becomes a little more yeah. official with Andy and Dwight, which <laughs> I think. The fact that that probably, I, I'd, I'd be curious to see the first mention of it, but Dwight's lust for the regional manager position is a, is a constant from, I, I would say probably close to the first episode all the way to the last. It and might the, even be the first episode. And the fact that he's oftentimes so willing to betray Michael, like, oh okay, yeah. So the first reference of it is actually in C, uh, Dwight's lust for the manager position is actually season one, episode one, the yeah, pilot. Yeah. Because uh, I remember him talking about how there's going to be downsizing at the branch, but how he needs to be protected as assistant to the regional manager. Yeah. Not not his... He's like, so if there's downsizing, I'm going to be protected as your assistant. And Michael says, you mean assistant to the regional manager? <laughs> Maybe, Dwight. This branch isn't getting downsized. That's in the first reference of it. Happens. So it's early then. So yeah, it's as early as it could possibly be. I don't know if you tell me now if I'm trotting on your feet here, but when he attains this goal later in the show, is this something we're going to talk about later? I don't think so. I I just think it's it's really funny when he what's the guy who ends up buying Dunder Mifflin back? David Wallace. Oh, when David I love David Wallace. When David Wallace, he's like, should I kneel? And he's like, I guess. <laughs> that was on my original list, but this list has gone through five or six revisions. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 probably an honorable mention, but like the fact that he kneels to be the regional manager just is, I think, it's hilarious. No the reverence he holds for the that position. is the same episode where Sensei Ira is no longer his <laughs> sensei, but it's his senpai. Sensei. Yeah, and he's I now submit myself to you, <laughs> and like is like thrusting his hips forward when he is trying to change the belt. <laughs> All right, Ian, what's number six? All right, so this one comes from season two, episode twelve, which is the injury, and this comes from Dwight getting a concussion. Yes, Th- this comes from Dwight getting con- a concussion 
Oh, on yes. his way to pick up Michael. So I'm very glad this is making an appearance. I want to hear your explanation because my inclination is to have this very high on the list. Okay, so there's a lot of pressure then. <laughs> Don't be nervous. <laughs> I put this at number six because I felt as though it was more of the way he talked to Pam afterwards yes. yeah. than to when he actually got the concussion. Because when he got the concussion... He, like, stumbled out of his car and threw up on the back windshield and then <laughs> left his bumper on the pole on the way to get Michael. But later in the episode, you can tell it's, like, easily affecting him. And then the way he talks to Pam, like, when she gets all those, I think it's the same time when she gets all the Russian songs off her iPod or whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah. He's like, see you later, Pam, and then leaves. <laughs> yeah, I think... This is one of those moments in the show, they come they come now and again. We talked about it with Dwight and and Jim where you get to see Dwight actually let his facade down and really care about other people. I, I don't remember it's late in the show, I don't remember which episode when he calls Pam his best friend. That's yeah. the finale. It's so sweet. Like their relationship is sneakily one of the best ones in the show. Well when she says in this episode, she's like Am I friends with Dwight? <laughs> like it's it's a really huge moment because up to this point we thought Dwight was unlovable. And we mm-hmm. realized here, not that necessarily he was always going to be lovable. We were probably too smart for that. But we knew that there was now something. There was like some element of him that appealed to other people. We we I don't know if we had realized yet that he was sleeping with Angela. I think we did. But we kind of started to see that he could be a romantic person. And we also now realized he could be a lovable friend. When he was, yeah, exactly. Like all he needed to do was try and he could do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he was, the whole point I think is like the the underlying comedy of this part is that he was not conscious of what he was doing while he had this concussion. Totally. Like, but it's there. But it's a, but it, it's, it made us realize that it was there. He's not just always yes. swinging his nunchucks at something. Yes. We, we realized that he had the ability to be a compassionate person, but he didn't even know he was doing it. So that means it wasn't even. I, him that was doing it i think it underlines the point that a lot of his typical behavior is intentionally yeah aggressive you know yes because he sees oh for sure he sees that kind of relationship with pam as a weakness which like is another i think important aspect of his character but you're right and and so this is the first time through a very hilarious plot device (laughs) that they get to show us that that might have been even one of the reasons they had Dwight rush to pick him up, not just because of his one, like his love for Michael, but then they wanted the viewer to see a different side of him. So like this was just kind of a way of just conveying that across the listener. So it, I think that was a really cool moment. It's, that's a really good one. That's just why it's number mm-hmm. six on the list. And oh, we blew right through. Did you do a not top three, Ian? I did. Oh, well, let's do that. We we didn't do that at seven, yeah. did we? Okay, well, I called mine a not top ten by accident, but there's only three on there because I didn't <laughs> have time. Uh, these also are less specific, so they don't have, like, the episode number or anything like that. But uh, I, do I go three to one or one to three? Whatever you want. This is your right. pod. So, You're the uh, boss. I'll, I'll start with three. But I said my not top three, number three, is Dwight when he finally betrays Michael. Like, with Charles when he, like, tips them off that they're going to meet during mm. the Michael Scott paper company run. That's I feel off. like that might be one of Dwight's weaker moments when he gives in to temptation with Charles. <laughs> it's, I kind of like that. When My favorite part is when he says he, he's he got all these elaborate plots to bring down the Michael Scott paper company. And he's like talking about 
putting a B on a flushable wipe. And he and Jim's like, so is he a good apiarist? And he's like, no, Jim, I have a bad apiarist. And it's just like the complete ridiculousness of who Dwight is. Also, it's the same episode that every time Michael asks him if he's wearing a wire, he drops his pants to the ground. And his shirt yeah, he just lifts up his shirt, drops his pants, and like shakes his... Yeah. So I, I also this is also when he sends Michael to the restaurant and he tells he orders a meatball parm and he's yes. like the meatball parm is their worst sandwich and, and then, Michael's and like, like oh taking disgusting. a bite of it yeah like, Ugh, bastard <laughs> yeah and that's he, also the same episode where he throws the fish in the vents yes let's not forget <laughs> about that moment where he robs this Michael Scott paper company takes the client leads and then yeah he's he like you've been sabotaged up in the and Michael's clueless to the whole point that it was Dwight, because he's like, they're like tapping on the paper. He's like, it was Dwight. <laughs> I think it's funny that when this happens, you feel personally betrayed. Yes. Yes. Because their alliance has been a thing since the beginning of the episode, like series. Yeah. <laughs> right, moving on to number two. Sure. <clears throat> this one's hilarious, but I feel like it was one of Dwight's weaker moments as well. It was Dwight putting his head into a pumpkin that he could not get off. <laughs> so this is so this is I think what this is turning into is like not the least funny moments that Dwight has had on the show, but just like the times on the show when Dwight did something stupid. <laughs> Pretty yeah. much, like because yeah. Dwight's character is not really one that you'd think would be stupid, right? <laughs> so I think that the yes, all three of my not top three are Dwight's maybe three stupidest moments throughout the show, but I chose this one. Because of Jim's rigorous testing, I put that in quotes, uh, his rigorous testing with Dwight to see if he could get it off. Like, he took the head, put, like, put it on a dummy and, like, whacked it with a baseball bat. <laughs> yeah. Or he, like, picked up a knife uh, and, like, started to run towards Dwight with it. And it just see, you just see Dwight, various clips of him, like, sitting alone in the break room eating his lunch with the jack-o'-lantern still on his head. Or, like, walking to his car with the jack-o'-lantern on. And I think we see there that there is no analytical part. And it just happens to be, like, a hilarious moment in a Halloween episode of, like, season uh, eight or nine. Yeah. Dude, that's a, that's a, that's one of the cold opens, right? Yeah, it's one of the cold opens of it, which I think is just hilarious. I, I think that's the perfect way to do that scene because, like, that's all I wanted to see. Like, I didn't want to see it resolved. <laughs> no, you agreed. Just, yeah. You didn't want to see how he got his the pumpkin off. You just wanted to see that he had it on and he still couldn't get it off, like, late in November. <laughs> yeah. And the not toppiest, not top moment? I think this might not come as a surprise to anyone when I say the not toppiest one is Dwight being acting manager and shooting a gun in the office. <laughs> I feel like yeah, that, that's definitely not the smartest moment of Dwight. It also just didn't feel like it. It This is Kyle and I were talking before about movie bullshit, which is a term that this guy we like uses. This was like TV bullshit. It was like they just needed to have Dwight screw up the acting regional manager position. And having him fire a gun in the office is just simply not in keeping with who he is. Like, as ridiculous as he is, and yes, he does look down the scope of the gun to look at Michael one time and say the safety is on. off. <laughs> uh, or on, yeah. <laughs> like, he, he's not that stupid. He's used guns before. He's not bringing a loaded firearm and <laughs> shooting it in the office. No, exactly, because the thing is, it's Belmont Adams, which is a girl's gun, which just makes it plain stupid. That's oh, yeah. In the course of Joe Bennett. But like, he's like, I just, you think I'm going to walk around with an empty holster? And he, Pam then goes, why do you need to wear the holster at all? And he's like, 
come on, Pam. You're set, and then he like flips the gun around, like to do a trick <laughs> with it, and then shoots the ground. And then Andy gets like a burst eardrum. Like Dwight could have easily been fired for that. Arrested. He he should have easily have been fired and maybe arrested for having yeah. a gun in the workplace. Yeah, not only is it not in keeping with his character, but it also it's, just doesn't make sense. No, it's all it's very yeah. illegal, and it also happens to be like just his stupid thing that Dwight did for whatever reason. It's a weird moment. Yeah, yeah. It just doesn't. It doesn't feel like it fits. He was acting manager. Like, I don't know why, because he's like, I need to dominate my subordinates. But, like, he's acting manager. They didn't think he was actually going to be the manager. Yeah. yeah. I was also, just like, you think, talking about Joe made me think about it. But basically, all of his encounters with higher-ups at Saber, like, his interview with Robert California and, like, what's her name? Nelly, like, when they end up doing, like, the basically the Apple Store episode. Oh, yeah. Like, all that stuff is bad it's just it's really, it really and it's not, does it's but just it's not good. it's not on dwight like i think that whole section of the show kind of sucks but like yeah. that whole the whole like the him versus packard thing for the regional manager position like i don't know that none of that really ever seemed all that funny to me but yeah i, I totally agree. agree with that because when you think about the series like five or six episodes where they were in tallahassee it's like test the store yeah last day in the store like Dwight's a total kiss-ass, and then Packer versus Dwight was just like a stupid rivalry, because we all liked Dwight already, and we all hated Packer, so there's really nothing they needed to do to turn us on the Dwight side, but instead they yeah. kept making it like a rivalry between the VP position at Sabre Retail, which is just, I didn't like that at all. It's just not interesting. Yeah, it's interesting to see how shows, once they get some money, spend that money, and with the show, they're like, well, we'll do a Florida's half season, and it just like didn't do anything. I think a really good example of how that's done well is Parks and Rec, where it's just the same show, but they just do it in like different places. <laughs> just that's do it very in true. And don't change anything else. This show, I think, succumbed to like how do we how do we use this money effectively? Yeah, we have Jim hang out with Stanley, and it's like, yeah, that's I don't know. Like I didn't want to turn into Stanley, but now I don't know if it have if I have what it takes. Like that's <laughs> yeah. that's probably maybe, maybe one of the funniest parts of that entire half season. Like is yeah, Jim with Stanley. I do like that. Totally agreed. I have one related moment, more toward, more related to the gun moment, and if you mention this later, then feel free to stop me, but when Jim and Dwight get into this big snowball fight, and it escalates to the point where Dwight is severely psychologically harassing Jim, and he's hurting Jim, and Jim gets back at him, and there's like a lacrosse stick, and there's a rock, and people are getting hurt. It just... It didn't feel like the show. Like, the, the Jim and Dwight relationship is Jim sending Dwight Gadar or putting his stapler in Jello. Like, that's the relationship or Megadesk. Like, those are the Jim and Dwight interactions that make sense. Not them, like, inflicting great physical and psychological harm on each other. And you can really see that in Jim's character after the, like, in the closing moments of the episode where he sees all of the snowmen. Yeah. Because there's, like, at least 20 of them in the parking lot. Yeah. And then you just see Dwight standing over all of them on the roof. And it's like, at the end, the snowball isn't the best snowball. It was fear. Merry Christmas. And it cuts out. Yeah. See, you don't get any resolution with that. I actually... <laughs> I actually find that quite funny. <laughs> that part, I think, is funny. Him being on the roof is funny. It also reminds me of the track in mario kart 64 yeah. where you have to dodge all the snowmen with bombs in it mm-hmm. just as a side reference it also reminds me of the joe nesbo book the snowman that got made into a michael fassbender movie the snowman that's right i think what they were trying to do here was just have one where dwight got jim 
Which, yeah. like, agreed, that's funny, but it, it They did it in a really weird way. They just took it too far. As well. I think they were trying to fit it with who Dwight was as a character, but they just took it too far because everything that Jim beat Dwight on was, like, pranking continuously, like Mike said, with the Jello stapler mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But then Dwight did the huge prank with severe harm. Like... I don't, I bet if Jim saw any snowmen ever again, like he would just hit them with the umbrella. Oh, there's lasting trauma there for I sure. I definitely think when CC builds a snowman, it's just not going to work out. Yeah. All right. Now we're back on track. What was number five, Ian? Number five is Dwight tackling Ryan and screaming fumble really, really loud. And this was the cold open of season two, episode 17. That's a good moment because it shows what happens when Dwight tries to sort of fit in with mainstream America. Because <laughs> his favorite sport is ping pong. He loves Ashraf Helming. Like, he loves he loves table tennis, but he doesn't know anything about football. And so, like, his idea of football is screaming fumble and tackling the crap out of Andy. Or Ryan, sorry, Ryan. Yeah. It was... So why does he do it? I don't remember. Okay, so it, the cold open starts with Michael and Dwight tossing a football around. And they're just like, so if we ask the client if they want paper, they're either going to say yes or no. And then they just keep doing that for like three mm-hmm. minutes. And they hit <laughs> oh, they're just like doing desk. the, yeah. <laughs> and then he throws it to Dwight again, but Jim intercepts it. And it's kind of like a keep away where he like gives it to Phyllis, who gives it to Stanley, who gives it to Creed. And then Creed gives it to Ryan. But then Ryan's like on his Blackberry and Dwight just comes out of nowhere, just... Ah! Fumble! Really loud. And then Ryan's just on the ground, and then Dwight causes the biggest chaos I think we're gonna see until, like, season five or six. But then he just tackles everyone. Stanley goes flying. Accounting is, like, up in, like, just papers everywhere. (laughs) And then he just gives it back to Michael, and then Michael just, like, keeps going. and like, just throws it to Pam. And I think that may be the funniest thing from that opening is just uh not only Dwight's moment, but when he, like, gets up, his glasses are just, like, on his nose, and he's just, like, standing, like, squared up with Michael trying to get the football. Yeah, that is a good one. Agreed. This is one that is weak enough that could change, because I think there's some in the honorable mention spots that I have going on that could beat this moment, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's only funny if you really see it on the show. It's a lot, it's physical. Yeah, it's, it's very physical. physical comedy. It's much harder to explain what's happening in this episode, Cold Open than if you just watched it. Agreed. True. Okay, so number four then? Sure. Number four comes from season nine, episode one, and it's Dwight naming Clark Dwight Jr. I chose this one <laughs> because it shows that Dwight not only wants a son, but he'll be do he'll do anything to get one. Is this the one where like he and Clark go do a sales pitch to like one of their clients and they pretend to be father and son and they pretend to like th- the son is an idiot. And then as soon as they realize that this, their client's son is actually in charge, they pivot and then Dwight pretends to be an idiot. That this episode leads up to that moment. Okay. But that's uh not the same episode, but that's a very valued point. Cause I do, I do like that episode. This is the episode where Andy comes back from that Outward Bound trip, mm. and uh, they set up the slack line, and then Clark is really, really good at it, oh, and yeah. Dwight's just, Dwight just sucks at it. So then, uh, <laughs> That's right. every single time that Dwight gets beaten by <laughs> Clark, he's just like, this is a stupid activity, I would hate to be good at it! <laughs> and then he like sets up the trap peas with the printer, 
And then he's like, this is what a real salesman looks like. And then just like throws his arms up over the building. I think that's why it shows it's just because it, cho- it shows how willing Dwight is to go to prove a point, which is that he's the better salesman at the end of the show. It's funny because like, Dwight is a really good salesman. Yes, that's one of the great points. Yeah. We've talked about this briefly with, with Michael Scott before, too. Like, every now and again, they slide you something that reminds you, like, oh, yeah, that's why this guy is where he's at. Like, that's why he's a manager. He didn't just get magically promoted. Like, yeah, like, when Dwight pulls in the, uh, <laughs> don't they get, like, the yellow pages or something? <laughs> yeah. yeah. From, oh, that's the, that's the whole, um. The white whale. That's when Andy gets rid of the account when he comes back. Yeah, isn't, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's also <laughs> in season nine. Yeah, I was surprised at how much I actually enjoyed Clark's presence on the show. I thought he was actually a worthy addition. I think they came up with you and me the other day, didn't it, Kyle? We were talking about how we actually kind of liked Clark and Plop. Yeah, like, su- like surprisingly. Because at that point in the show, you're conditioned to expect anything new is bad. And then by the end of it, you're like, wait a minute, these guys are pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it's just a great addition to the show. Because when Jim leaves uh, and they hire someone part-time, Clark gets the job. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I don't know if it was just because of all of Dwight's picks were just really, really odd people. But I was also with Pam hoping that, uh, Clark gets the job and then my second choice would be like Nate or something. But yeah. I don't think you'd want Nate at an office job. That's no. just my, my, my humble opinion. He's good. All right. That brings us to number three, which means it's time for some honorable mentions. Oh, all right. So I'm going to go from, um, high numbers to low numbers again. And then we can just, uh, I have a six. So I felt like there are so many Dwight moments that a high number of honorable mentions was needed. Yeah, and with these, we'll just kind of probably have to just rattle through them. Yeah, we'll just like pepper them off. So uh, I said number six was Recyclops. Mm. That was also <laughs> okay. cold open. I had that on my list of honorable mentions. <laughs> <laughs> and I just think that's funny because it shows the evolution of Dwight's character. Because one of them, he like shows, did you know you could saw a milk carton in half and then use it as a compost pile? <laughs> And then the last one's like, destroy! I am Recyclops! And like, sprays aerosoler on the office. It's just yeah. his tendency to take things way too far. Oh my gosh. And then he, he just makes it a fictional thing. It's like, he was in the world where he once loved and I got to destroy, destroy Earth too. I just think that's a really weird episode. Down to number five. I think that's Lice. When Dwight comes in in the hazmat suit. It's yes. like, it stands for hazardous materials men's fashion wear. <laughs> And then I think maybe the funniest part of that episode, it comes in two parts, is where leading up to it, the rising action, he stabs his leg, like his pant leg, with a pair of scissors causing his hazmat suit to be compromised. So he goes into Michael's office and he just takes the pin off of the grenade. Yeah, like, yes. In five, <laughs> as soon as I let this go, it's going to fill the room with, and then he just drops it and then, like, it just... <laughs> the entire office is filled up, and yeah. then that leads to the car, where for some reason he has it again. Like, he has the pin already <laughs> off and again, and he just drops it, like, oh, and it just fills the car up again. That's a really good one. Yeah. This one's going to take a lot of explanation, but I'll see if you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, number four is Dwight's perfect crime. Yes, 
I recently mentioned this to somebody. I love this one. It's where he seduces the woman. He tells her tells her he's going to Canada, but he goes to Mexico, and they make love all night. And she's Tiffany, right? Like it's the yeah. It's like my my perfect crime would be breaking into Tiffany's at midnight. Yeah. I see a daughter there because I go for the chandelier. It's priceless. She is <laughs> Tiffany. We make love all night. Yeah, it's I tell amazing. her to meet me in Mexico, but I go to Canada. I like the cold. <laughs> then I go to Berlin. She sees me. I tell her to meet me in Paris, and she sees me. She says she's never taken another another lover. I then we, we then make love all night again. Then I go to Berlin. That's where I stash the chandelier. It's amazing. <laughs> and I think it's obvious why I picked that as to I need no explanation. No, no. it's just funny. Uh, number three, I said is Dwight's wedding with Angela at the end of the season. Or a series because I just think that's like the re- resolving to number seven on my list, which was the continuous affair. We finally get closure to that, and I yeah. feel like that's like a more happy Dwight moment. You're like, hey, add a boy, like it's nice. Yeah, it's a nice yeah. moment. Number two is back into more funny territory. It said Dwight trying to see if Donna is cheating on Michael. Yes, I like that one. And I think maybe this my love for this stems from when he was just on the car, like man spreading. He's like, hey, stranger. Oh, yeah. and he tries to see to you do, here often, right. and he's like yeah. in the gym doing like the like the hamstring press, and he's just like, oh, yeah. It ties in nicely with when he opens Dwight's gym for muscles because it's <laughs> like his total misunderstanding of like masculinity and like mainstream norms for men. He's just doing the thigh press. I think that's the funniest episode. Is yeah, I was I was listening to something. And I heard someone say, like, no man can ever go on that machine and look another guy in the eyes. He just, like, spreads his legs constantly and, like, is doing that thigh press machine. I think that's the funniest part. I think it's great that he assumes, like, since she did not fall for him, she cannot possibly be cheating on him. And he believes that. Like, I gave everything. I did all my moves on her. Nothing. No, but then in the episode, he says, Michael, I have some bad news. She is cheating. It's a hilarious moment. Uh, Number one... And this is the first time we see Dwight have any power in the series, is Dwight picking the healthcare plan. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's the first... Is that season one, right? Season one, episode three, I think. Yeah. Is when he does that. Yeah, it's healthcare. And uh, he gets to pick all the stuff, and then Jim pranks him. Yeah. Like, I have mad cow disease, and then he reads off all the stuff. That's the one with... The one, the really embarrassing one that Kevin's like, I think some people have that. <laughs> and then he says, he says something about an inverted penis and, yeah, say- <laughs> and Meredith's like, could you mean vagina? Cause if you mean <laughs> vagina, I'd like that covered. I thought your vagina was removed during your total hysterectomy. Yeah. Yours is different than a vagina. I still have a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> That actually, that's pretty good. I, that's reminding me of Dwight's total misunderstanding of anatomy and relationships. And when he asks, uh, when he asks Toby to explain gay sex to him, and he doesn't understand <laughs> how it's done. How does is one it, penis open up to receive the other? Yeah. Is it called red vining when two gay men <laughs> intertwine? It's called red vining, isn't it? <laughs> we heard it was called red vining. <laughs> Excellent. That's a solid list of. Uh, honorable mentions. Do you guys yeah. have any more to add to that? Because I'd love we'll, to hear them. We'll add, we'll, we'll do that after you go through your whole list so we don't accidentally spoil anything. Yeah. Alright, sounds good. So, I think we're at the top three now, right? We yeah. are indeed. Okay, well, top the top three, I think, is the top most funny moments. Mm-hmm. So this is where it's going to move into slightly more hilarious territory. Number three comes from season five, episode 14, and that is 
Dwight harvesting dummy's organs and cutting the face off during the CPR. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> this is like this is I think probably the last like one of the last moments before Dwight totally jumps the shark. Like this is this is before he's totally a parody of himself. It is amazing when he just takes it off and he puts the face on his face and <laughs> and then when he's I I so I think that part's funny, but to me the funniest parts of this both for Michael and Dwight purposes are when they're at corporate <laughs> talking to David Wallace and yes, whoever that guy is from like sure. the other Those are the best parts when he's like and now we understand <laughs> like you shouldn't cut the faces off of people. And it's just it's great to see what Dwight's takeaways are from this. <laughs> it's like I did not kill Stanley. His yeah. own heart almost killed him. Yeah. I should not be revoked as safety officer like yeah. <laughs> it's like it's he has a bunch of moments like this or isn't he a part of like He's part of that like street gang, like yes. the vigilante, the yes. Knights of the Night. Yeah, yeah, they're like, like he's a like junior sheriff marshal. Like, yes, his <laughs> like the karate, like his self defense stuff. Like, it's just like his crazy devotion to <laughs> to these weird practices that <laughs> he wanting to pr- practice them so badly inserts them in places where it's completely inappropriate. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh, that that's. Just the funniest part, though, is when he just takes something and just makes it his own, quote, quote, but in reality, he's just making it, like, a terrible situation. That I think if we were talking about overall funniest office scenes, that one probably gets probably gets thrown in here high. Yeah. Like, even people that don't watch The Office, I think, know about the staying alive. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. But I also love that they start with the wrong staying alive. <laughs> yeah. He started with, um... I was afraid, I was petrified. What would you... That's I will Stanley, survive, right? Yeah. Stanley, if you had a heart attack and you were all alone, what would you do? Probably die. <laughs> Are I'm you okay, okay with that? Like, I'm okay with the logic of it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we lost him because no one called 911, so what's next? And he's like, what is next, Rose? And she's like, I, I, I don't know. And he's like... Okay, someone get me some styrofoam container and a bucket of ice chips. We only have minutes to harvest. <laughs> I think I think this ties into best Creed moment when he's like, he doesn't have a wallet. I checked. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a funny scene that Dwight ends up making his own. It's, yeah. It definitely belongs high on this list. Yeah. How about uh, number two? So I mentioned this episode previously with Dwight tackling Ryan and screaming fumble. This moment comes from Season 2, Episode 17. This is literally named, after the episode, Dwight's Speech. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to pound on this table, because I don't know exactly how sturdy it is, but <laughs> if, if we were at a, an area that had a larger table, you already know I'd be pounding my fists and raising them <laughs> into the air like Dwight does, because Jim tells him he majored in public speaking in college. This is after Michael completely fails at his, right? And and Dwight comes up to take his place. Or he... Pretend- Michael bails during it. Yeah, yeah. that's right. But it's like, because he goes up there, and it's like, Blood alone can move the wheels of history! <laughs> Salesman of northeastern Pennsylvania, unite, because it is... And then he like holds the microphone, and it's like, Together that we prevail! And it's just, boom, boom. <laughs> it's amazing. I want to talk, I think probably talk a little bit more 
about some of Dwight's fascist leanings, <laughs> but it's so great. It's also a really good example of TV writing that picking Mussolini was exactly the right choice for this. Cause obviously there were some other choices that would have been too extreme and some other ones that yes. wouldn't have been as funny. Mussolini is the absolute edge of historical dictators you can pick to have Dwight imitate without us totally checking out on him. <laughs> I think, like, the, the fascist, just to check in on this, this isn't part of the thing, this is a side point. Dwight's fascist upbringings. Yeah, I think, so, I maybe we'll mention it now, but I want to put high on this list. I, I, one of my favorite lines that Dwight ever has is when he talks about his uncle Mannheim still puttering <laughs> around down in Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was t- so I'm actually still very disappointed in the show because it then mentions that Shoah protested his visa, which I always found really disappointing because I thought that that was a funnier line without that, like without explaining it. Just saying my uncle yeah. Mannheim still puttering down in Argentina is so funny. I didn't like that they overexplained it, but yeah, because like we we get it. Yeah, that's the joke. Like, that's, you already told us the joke. But that whole storyline is amazing when he talks about, like, yes, he fought in the, we got into a war we should never have gotten into. And, and Pam's like, yeah, really good point. He's like, World War Two. Like, he's a bunch of things like that that are great. <laughs> no, and then when Jim and Dwight are like a team at the end, he's like, see, we used to be rivals, just like France and England, but now we're out. And he's like, nope, stop there, Dwight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I suspect that I know what number one is. I'm sure, Mike, it, you know it pretty much about what number one is, too. I hope I know what it is. I, I hope I get this right then. But number one, possibly the best Dwight Schrute moment from The Office comes also from season five, episode 14, Stress Relief Part One, the cold opening with the fire drill. Dwight's fire drill. That's what I call it on my list, but just... Everything about that is just the funniest thing, starting from today's smoking is going to save lives. Like, I gave a PowerPoint presentation, and no one paid attention to it. And then it's like, what's the protocol? What's the procedure? What's the procedure? Does he also just say PowerPoint sucks? Yeah, he's like, (laughs) PowerPoint sucks. (laughs) This is absolutely the best Dwight moment, because, first of all, this is, there are a couple times in the show where I laughed so hard that I actually was crying. This is, this is one, one of them. The panic, like them ramming the printer against the door. <laughs> Michael throwing Angela, the overhead out the window. Save Bandit! And she throws the cat. <laughs> Oscar, pull me up! I can't, you're too heavy. I only weigh 82 pounds! <laughs> Oscar's in the ceiling. He's in the ceiling. <laughs> Do I before? It's like the chaos. Because you know they only did like probably one take because they completely destroy the office. It's, yeah. It's so funny, and the, the prep for it when he he's heating up the doorknobs, and he throws yeah throws it in the, the trash can like he like hammers the key into the door, and yeah, gives all the doors door stops <laughs> like hammered into the foundation of the wall, and it's Andy's going over, and like they're touching the doors, and it's like what does warm mean? <laughs> and the fact that while all that's going on, he's remaining calm, and like you said, what's our protocol? Where do we go next? <laughs> a damp rag, a rag, a damp cloth, perhaps. Because he really believes that he's providing instructional value to them. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is another area that Dwight easily could have like gotten fired and put in jail for for Should starting a fire like in the office. But I think maybe the funniest part that I take away is like Dwight kind of knowing that he's the leader of this. Yeah. So Stan, uh, Phyllis goes, oh, my purse. 
And Stanley goes, leave it, woman! And then Dwight <laughs> looks at the camera and goes, Phyllis, material things can be replaced. Human lives, however. And then he has to break off because he wants to run to the annex to see what, what else they're doing. And, like, tell them what to do. Because, like, that's breaking all of his character that he has on the show. Yeah. And being just Dwight. I think that's maybe the funniest part. And then, like you said earlier, uh, with the cutting the face off, I think going to corporate and seeing <laughs> yeah. what it was after Stanley has a heart attack, maybe one of like the funniest resolutions I think I've ever seen. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. You said it all. All right. Let's recap real quick, and then we'll get into uh, our, our, our picks that we think might warrant consideration. All right. So the number 10 is Dwight's Christmas. Number nine is Dwight destroying Pam and Jim's house because of mold. Number eight is Dwight hosting a garden party. Number seven is Dwight's continuous affair with Angela. Number six is Dwight getting a concussion. Number five is Dwight tackling Ryan and screaming fumble. Number four is Dwight having Clark named Clark Dwight Jr. Number three is Dwight harvesting Dummy's organs and cutting the face off. Number two is Dwight's speech. And number one is Dwight's fire drill. A great start to this list. Yeah, that is an admirably constructed list. I've got a couple. So I got about a, a billion, but I've been kind of narrowing it down. So there's a couple that I think might genuinely con- like warrant consideration. One is, I forget what the episode's called. I think it's called like Sales Call or something. It's the training day episode with Ryan when he tells him. It's, called the, in- it's called the initiation. Yeah, the initiation. <laughs> he tells him he's going to plant his seeds in him. And he has him wrestling fear in the form of Cousin Moe's in a cape. That's one. Willis Tiefer, he forgets the sales call halfway through. Is like Exactly. So there, there was no sales call. The sales call! And like he just speeds to the place. Exactly. It's a very Dwight episode. It's a great one. I like the one where he gets promoted to secret assistant regional manager after the fight with Michael. After he has, he shows some uh, Sensei Ira and they get into the big fight. His joy at that moment is amazing. I also love the Beats Motel episode. So when Jim and Pam stay over and Dwight is crying and he, they just hear, He's also, he also reads from Harry Potter in this one. He's like, Voldemort, <laughs> furious anger. It's an, and you also see the outhouse door slamming open and shut while Moses is sitting out there. So that to me is like, a, I think that's got to be on there. Another great Dwight moment that I love is when Dwight takes down Roy. That I think should definitely be on this. That's one of his like real heroic moments when Completely you, agree. you see that Dwight really is ridiculous but he's always prepared and then one that probably shouldn't be on but that i like is when the uh wallace family has the uh the cocktail hour at their house and dwight is just going around the house inspecting the whole home (laughs) and he's like tapping on stuff and checking for the through the bricks and he asks the kid like what kind of wood the cherry he's like i don't know and at the end he's on the roof like inspecting the chimney cap or whatever he's like kicking it and stuff it's amazing. That's a really good one. I was talking to Kyle yesterday, like just after dinner, and I said, I left one out on purpose to see if you guys are going to find what it is. But here's the thing. I don't remember oh, no. what I was talking about. Oh, no. I've got a couple... I've got a couple more. I wonder if... One of them. It'll be one of them. But, yeah, I'm just scrolling through the... This, oh! I found it. I found it. All right. Try to guess what it is. Okay. I had a couple that I, like... Not many that I'm like super serious about. One is the when he and Stanley prank Jim into the giving meatballs. them meatballs. <laughs> I do like. Are that you ready one. for some meatballs? <laughs> We're never gonna buy meatballs again. <laughs> <laughs> 
Michael's retreat. So when he like goes into the woods, survives and himself, and the, yeah, the fact that Dwight just is there the whole time watching him doesn't let him eat the mushrooms. Yeah, <laughs> this is more of a Jim moment than a Dwight one. But when Jim convinces Dwight that he's his own perfect assistant regional manager, yeah, through the series of assistant regional manager tasks, you'll always have the upper hand if you have a good arm. <laughs> I love it. Dwight's like, I need this done, and Jim's like, Ooh, I'm super busy, but I'll get my best guy on it, and then. Dwight ends up doing it. Crack the um, whip because he's real stubborn. <laughs> the Hey King episode where I he do puts, like, like that one. You that can... was on my list at one point. I had to, I had to move it. That's <laughs> that's really good. It, it's it kind of slides into like when Dwight becomes more and more rustic as the show goes on. And the last one, and the, the only one I'm really serious, I think actually should be on the list is the Pretty Woman spoof when he has yes. to when he goes to the. He wants to buy that, like, wizard or dragon or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, like, tutor him how to dress up all nice and whatever, and then... <laughs> you were covered in blood, sir. I'm a beef farmer! <laughs> yeah. So, those are those are my ones. That's the only one I'm serious about. I think you're right, Mike. I think when he protects Pam and hits Roy, I think, or with the pepper spray or whatever, I think mm-hmm. that belongs on there. I the think. one that I was thinking about, I was seeing if you guys knew what I was talking about, was when... Dwight is at the company picnic, and Pam gets hurt, and he goes, okay, I'll stall him, just go, there's a, there's a hospital like a few kilometers south of here. And, and he, he punts goes, the soccer ball, or he punts the volleyball away. Ugh, I'm so mad that Pam got hurt! Yeah. Ah! And like, kicks it, and he's like, I'll get it! And then walks away really slowly, Yeah. and then there's another part in the episode where it's like, how many people are we gonna let, going to let get hurt before we put an end to this? <laughs> One, two... two. Three, hear hear me out, hear me out. Four, and it just goes on like that. I think we can kind of wrap up. Well, we'll see. So, all right, so let's get moving here. Mike, Where? which ones do you think we're serious about, and where do you see opportunity to slide those in? So I think Pretty Woman, Dwight taking down Roy... And I think that the training day episode or the uh, the initiation episode with Ryan are the ones that should be on. And I think okay. that Dwight tackling Ryan. That one's vulnerable. Yeah, I think that Dwight Jr. is vulnerable. And I think that the as much as I love this episode, I think that the Dwight destroying Jim and Pam's house. That, that could also be. It's a good one, but it falls into a category that I think is well represented, which is Dwight getting up to shenanigans. That's true. We could honestly make that a category at like number <laughs> nine and then just condense yeah. all the stuff that we have there. Yeah. I think it's a really solid one, but I just think it's like number 11. Yeah. yeah it, on- it, it, it just misses. I agree. Okay. I think. So that's three off and three on. So I think that works out really well. And I actually think if you look where those are. I actually think that we might even be able to just drop some stuff in, like, pretty cleanly. I think that's true. I also think that we need to move Der Belschnickel up actually really high, because yeah. I... <laughs> Dwight's Christmas? I I think that is the combination of, first of all, watching Rain Wilson do that, and, like, the stuff with Jim, and, it, and like, finally letting Dwight lean into it a little bit more probably warrants... But there's, I don't know. We'll see. I actually there's, think that that works. I've got I've got a proposal for you. Can I can I rattle okay. one off and see what you think? Yeah, hit us with it. What if we went fire drill, speech, organs, yeah. and then we moved we move up the concussion part where he's nice to Pam to four, and then Dwight's Christmas at five, and then we've got a power block of the three new ones, and then we go Dwight Angela, Dwight Garden Party. 
Okay, so so sorry, concussion at four. Yep. Belschnickel at five. Yep. Belschnickel five. And then we could go like the Roy thing next. Pretty woman. Yeah. I think because the Roy thing is kind of in tandem with the concussion, like Dwight actually showing a soft side and caring about Pam. You just make that block. We separated a little bit from the concussion. I think it's different enough that it, it belongs on the list. Yeah. Cause, but I think maybe more important to Dwight's character is, I think we should have the Angela affair probably at, at six. Yeah. Does that make sense? I think so. And then I actually think maybe the, I think maybe even pretty woman and training day go above. I don't know. That's tough. The Roy moment is pretty spectacular. I think if we went Pretty Woman, Roy, Training Day, Garden Party, I would feel good about that. That seems... What are you you thinking? I see no issues with it at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, okay. So that would put Roy there, Training Day here. With with Ryan. Yep. And then... Uh, the garden party at 10 i like that i mean i feel like seeing it now i feel like garden party might be higher up than some of the stuff like the training day with ryan like the initiation that he gives to ryan there's a lot of good one-liners in there but i don't know if that as a moment is better than dwight hosting the garden party with james fake uh jim's fake book i think (laughs) i think the reason training day for me might get the edge is because it was garden party before garden party was garden party yeah it's our first introduction to cousin Moe's. you're you're right it's the first time i think they go to the farm Farm. it was the first episode of shroot farm so that that makes sense then yeah i'd I'd agree with that i i wasn't a huge fan of uh dwight doing the thing with roy I i was a fan of the aftermath of it when jim kept trying to that was pretty great too right he gives him the teddy bear. I carried pepper spray on my person for 12 years, and they all laughed at me. Well, who's laughing now? But he's not actually laughing. He's, like, sobbing. It's it amazing. So I just think, yeah, it's important because it's the one time that Dwight's preparation for these ridiculous scenarios actually paid off. And it's a, it's one of the few times in the show where, like, it's a weird feeling. Like, when Roy storms in like that, you're, like, genuinely afraid. Yeah. It's not an emotion you feel too yeah, often. Yeah, no, that made me genuinely uncomfortable as a viewer, like, seeing Roy come in ready to hurt Jim. Because my favorite character on the show is Jim. Like, it might seem like my favorite character is Dwight, but I think he has the best moments. Uh, and I was, like, genuinely, like, afraid for Jim. And so seeing Dwight come out of nowhere, that... So, yeah, yeah. I, I'd agree with you. I, I think... Roy being on the list needs. To, I think it needs to be on the list. It's important. In that case, do we? Does it feel like we have a top ten list here? Feels to me yeah. like we got a list. I I don't see issue with it. So, All right, Ian. Yeah. Do you want to recap for us numbers ten through one of the best Dwight K. Schrute moments? I would love to, Kyle. Uh, number ten is Dwight hosting a garden party. Number nine is Ryan's initiation at the <laughs> farm. Number eight is Dwight pepper spraying Roy. Number seven is the Pretty Woman spoof with the wizard. (laughs) Uh, Big mistake. Huge. Uh, Number six is the Angela affair. Number five is Dwight's Christmas, a.k.a. AKA Belschnickel. (laughs) Number four is the concussion. Number three is the CPR dummy getting the face cut off of it and Dwight wearing it uh, and harvesting the organs. Can't forget about that part. Uh, Number two is Dwight's speech, and to top off for the best Dwight K. Schrute moment, this comes as no surprise that this didn't get moved, this is Dwight's fire drill in Stress Relief Part 1. Amazing. Amen. You were a wonderful guest. You 
absolutely knocked it out of the park. Oh, I'm actually very happy to hear because I have been working on this for about a month now, or a little over two months. I've been doing yeah, this list you, for a long time. You've done now more work for this podcast than Mike and I combined. So thank you for treating it with such such seriousness. Oh, more anytime. than we do. Dignity it doesn't deserve. If I come back, it'll happen again. <laughs> if I come back, this whole thing will happen again with the same same kind of preparation. So beautiful, awesome. Thank you, Ian. Thank you much. Thank you, friends. Thank you as well. Peace. Alrighty, friends. That was our top 10 for this week. But now we'd love to hear your top 10. So please check us out on all of our available social media outlets, traditional outlets, whatever outlets we have. Check us out on Twitter at Top10KM. That's all spelled out, Top10KM. Our email, Top10KM, spelled the same way, at gmail.com. Or our site, top10km.podbean.com all forms of communication accepted except for serial killer notes please don't send us any of those if you like the pod be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never have to miss an episode of top 10 ever again if you didn't like it please tell us why we'll try to make the show better our theme music was composed by kevin mcleod and our artwork was created by aaron sant you can check out her stuff at sant design on instagram Alrighty, goons, we'll see you next week.